great, is he not? Let's, let's affirm something today before we sit down. We are here today for an encounter with God. Not just to come to church, not just for a sermon and some songs. God, we want to hear from you. And my prayer, our prayer today, is that you will feel and hear and have an encounter with the divine God of the universe and leave differently than when you came in. Amen? You guys can be seated. Thank you for being here. We are in this new series called The Big Three, and it's centered around three parables of Jesus. Now, what's a parable? Just to review, a parable is a story with truth layered within it. And Jesus often spoke in parables, and it gave him the opportunity to communicate these divine deep truths with an easily accessible story. And parables, they also, they, they, they pass the test of time, and they give us an opportunity to do something. When you read or you hear a parable, you get to ask a few questions. Who am I in this parable? Who is God in this parable? And what am I to do because of it? And so today we're, we're launching this series around these three parables. And you've, if you've been around church, you may have heard these before. And I'm gonna encourage you not to check out. Next week is the prodigal son. Don't check out because here's what we believe. We believe this, that we don't just wanna teach these things. We want these parables to be part of the DNA of who we are as the orchard. And so today we're going to talk about the four soils and what it means to have a heart that receives God's word. Next week, for those who are far from God, and if you know people far from God, next week is a great week to invite all your friends and people to be here to hear about the prodigal son. But we're going to jump into this series. And I have a question to start us off. Not a question, a statement. Spiritual maturity is a choice. Spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, is something that you can apply yourself to. It's like saying marriage, intimacy in your marriage is a choice. I don't know if you know this, but you don't coast into intimacy in your marriage. You don't coast into growth. In fact, if you're coasting, which direction do you always coast? Downhill, always. You never coast and find yourself more mature than you thought you were. Or more growing. Listen, spiritual maturity is a, is, a, is a choice and we don't coast into it. Another word for coasting is indifference. And I believe in our society, in our culture, that indifference is the greatest enemy of being a Jesus follower. I don't believe it's temptation. I don't believe it's doubts or lack of belief. I believe it's indifference. And many of us have a lot of knowledge about God. But that knowledge is worthless because it has no traction. Our heart is indifferent to it. So we have to admit that indifference is, is an enemy we have to fight. And when it comes to spiritual growth and spiritual maturity, this parable of the four soils stands out above the rest. And so we're going to read in Luke 8, and you can read along on the screen or in your Bible if you'd like. And if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take one of these that you find around you. As long as it's one of these, don't take some that's leather bound. That's not for you. Luke 8. Verse four through eight. A large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town and he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up and some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, 
here at the orchard, guys, we spare no expense. And we have actually gotten actual footage of this parable to walk you through it today, okay? So save your gasps and let's watch a visible representation of this parable. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, I would like some applause. Thank you. Thank you. So when you see this parable, we have to ask, who, who are, who's in this? We see there's a sower. He's out sowing seeds. And Jesus says in Matthew 13 that he is the sower. He scatters the seeds. And we know some things about God and about Jesus based on this parable. We see that he is generous and extravagant. He's throwing seed everywhere. He's not hoarding it. He has no concern that his seed will, will, fall, will fall short or, or run out. And we see this principle in God's kingdom. Whenever he feeds the crowds, there's abundance. Whenever there's healing, there's abundance. Whenever he gives forgiveness, there's abundance. Whenever he gives gifts and talents, there's abundance. In God's kingdom, it's not a kingdom of scarcity. It's a kingdom of abundance. And it comes from our our king, who's the sower, and he is just throwing out these seed in abundance. He's a generous God. And then we have these seeds. What are these seeds? Well, they're dynamic. And in their nature is to bring life. And verse 11 tells us that the seeds are the word of God. The word of God, the words of Jesus. And these are the teachings of his kingdom. And these seeds spread and they call us to be like Jesus, to live like Jesus, to act like him. The word of God, the Bible, sermons, podcasts, Christian books, all these have seeds within them of God's truth for one purpose, for our growth. That Bible that's at your house, you know the one? It's in that shelf up there. That isn't just a book. That is a seed pack for supernatural living. Whatever condition you find yourself in today, whatever you find yourself needing, hope or peace, forgiveness, a future, whatever it could be, know that God's word has explosive transformation for you. That's what this parable teaches us. And, and then we look at the soil. What is the soil? Well, the soil is meant to grow. That's its purpose. And in this parable, the soil is our hearts. It's the soil of our hearts, the conditions of our hearts. And remember, our heart was made by God for God. We're meant to give our hearts to him. Our hearts were created and designed to grow a crop of godliness and goodliness. And if my heart is not growing a crop of God's goodness, then I'm not living in my divine purpose. I'm not living as he would call me. My heart is the soil. Your heart is is the soil where God's word lands. So we have to ask, what's the condition of your heart? The parable asks us, what's the condition of your soil? And today's sermon isn't just a sermon, it's also a lab. Remember those from college? You you learn it and then you practice it? Because today, as the truth of God goes out there, you're gonna have an opportunity to see how your heart responds to it to see which soil you are based on the truth of today. So let's investigate this parable, go a little bit deeper and look to uh, Luke 8, verse 11. Now Jesus would often preach these parables and this is a great example. He preaches it to all the crowds, but then he doesn't explain any of it to them. He, He goes back and he sits with his disciples and he teaches this next part to them privately. He tells them what it means and he talks about the first soil. In Luke 8, verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable, Jesus says. The seed is the word of God. And along the path, those along the path are the ones that hear. And then the devil comes and takes the word from their heart so they cannot believe and cannot be saved. And this this is rather simple. Walking paths have something in common. They're firm, they're hard. The path represents the person who has a hard-heartedness. The things that move the heart of God don't move this person's heart. They won't let it. 
The hard path, hard-hearted people may have had had a terrible experience with church or religion in their past and they have written it all off and nothing can get through that because it was a terrible experience. But I I also wanna say that the the same kind of people, hard-hearted, hard-path hearts, can sit in church for decades, week after week, come in, sit down and leave and never be changed. We need to look at our hearts and ask, are we a hard path? The person with the hard hearted often needs a plow to come and overturn that soil, to break through that hard crust. And sometimes we've seen this, life has a way of bringing a plow. Life circumstances have a way of uprooting and, and, and what we were so sure of before is now vulnerable. But there's another way that's more beautiful and that's to realize that I have a hard path heart and say, Father, help me. Will you soften my heart? Will you show me how I got here? But I have to ask you, is this you? Uh, do you have a hard-heartedness to the word of God and the ways of God? Do the things that move the heart of God, do they still move your heart? The next soil is the most difficult to identify, I believe. And that's the rocky or the shallow soil of Luke 8, verse 13. Jesus says this. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no roots. They believe it for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. They receive it with joy. Oh, great, because there's a shallow bit of soil. It, it just springs to life. Soil was made for a seed, and seed was made for a soil, and so there's a lot of joy there. But when life gets hard, the whole thing fails. And what makes this soil so unique is, is, is it can look the same as the good soil from the outside. You know, from the surface to other people, rocky soil-hearted people look really similar to good soil hearts. We mistake rocky soil for good soil all the time in other people and in ourselves. And some of us need to today pause and look at our soil and say, what rocks below the future? What's keeping God's word from taking root? Rocky soil believers are more emotion than devotion. And when the emotion wanes, the devotion does as well. When it's not fun anymore, I'm not going to go and be a part of it anymore. Immaturity is the hallmark of shallow soil, and and it just takes one bad circumstance for the whole thing to come falling down. This reminds me of my three-year-old daughter, Selah. I don't know if you guys know this about her. Right now, she's in class, and right at this minute, this very second that I say this, she is one popped balloon away from a complete implosion. She walks around just one popped balloon away from meltdown. Do you know how hard it is to go through life like that? Like balloons are banished from our house. Many of us walk around with a faith that is one popped relationship away from failing, one bad circumstance away from a meltdown, one, one work event, one thing over here, one diagnosis, and the whole thing melts down because there's no root. We are one circumstance away from spiritual and moral meltdown. The bottom line is this, rocky soil is shallow because there's large boulders beneath the surface. And these rocks, these boulders are hard places that we keep guarded and hidden. Places we don't want anyone to know about, including God. Don't mess with this. And these these big rocks underneath the surface can be, they can be hidden in habitual sins. It can be deep wounds that we've taken in our childhood or in our past. 
could be anger and resentment that someone has done something to us that turns to bitterness. It could be anxiety. If you have a shallow faith, if, if you wonder if this could be you, stop and think and look at your heart and, and ask yourself, what's underneath the surface that won't let God's roots go down? What wounds have you encountered that have hardened the places of your hearts? What, what pains have you taken that you have put a hard crust around it that nothing can penetrate? What hidden habitual sins are under the surface that stop God's roots? I don't know the diagnosis of the rocky places for all of us, but I do know that the prescription is oftentimes authenticity, vulnerability, repentance before God, and forgiveness. It's honest heart work. If you've been wounded, we need to get, get in there and dig that up and bring it to the surface and address it with a counselor. We have a staff counselor, my dad, here on staff, and it is free counseling to you. That's a great place to start. His, his email is in, is in your bulletin. I would find it. And if you want to meet with somebody about personal or moral or emotional or spiritual wisdom or guidance or help, start there. If someone has wounded you in the past, if you don't forgive them, truly forgive them, then it starts as a small piece of gravel. But, but it always coasts downhill. It always gets bigger. And soon that small stone can grow and bitterness begins to block the roots of God. Unforgiveness is one of these rocks. It begins to be where you have anger and distrust that flows from those places. And we all know people, we've all seen people whose bitterness has defined them, who've been wronged in the past and it's grown so big, it, it informs all of their thinking and doing. We've, we recognize that in other people. But I want us to pause today and look at ourselves because you might not be all the way over there yet, but you could be on your way. We need to look about what rocks we have under the surface. If we have hidden habitual sin in our heart, it's time to dig that up and get it on the surface. Be authentic with somebody. Tell them what you're facing because if you continue to keep it a secret, those things ruin your life from the inside and God's roots do not penetrate that. Be authentic. Talk about that. Whatever the cause for the rocks under the surface the best case is to bring it to the surface and talk about it with somebody. And there's, some of these are huge stones. Some of these stones are decades old and some of them are like just freshly minted. They can be, in the light of day, they can be crushed down and eventually the very things that were destroying you become fertilizer in your good soil. It's a beautiful thing God does. Rocky soil is one of the most common types of soil, I believe, because doesn't life give us plenty of reasons to be hard-hearted? Like, like, you could just cross the street and find a reason. Life just has a way of doing this. I, and I, I lived in this soil for a long time. I went through a very difficult phase of my life when, when my life kind of fell apart and it left me with just these soul boulders of distrust for people and even for God. I didn't even know if I wanted to trust God anymore. I had trusted him before and it had all fallen apart. You ever been there? Like, yeah, you should trust God. Well, I did that. It didn't go well. I'm looking for somebody to blame. I'm looking for something. My heart was so hard in that. I was hurt deeply and instead of opening up about it, I, I buried it. And those, those hard places got harder and larger and it turned into bitterness and woundedness. And what's so sad about this is 
it grows to such a degree that you, you get less and less soil to grow in. And then something tragic happened. I stopped making life decisions based on my roots. I stopped making my life decisions based on the roots in so, where God's word and my soil joined. I didn't make life decisions based on my roots. I started making life decisions based on my rocks. I started letting my woundedness, my bitterness, my unforgiveness, my anger, my pride, my anxiety, I began to let those things make decisions for me. I began making my decisions more for my rocks than my roots because my rocks were overtaking the soil of my heart. And this, this um, affected my relationships with my family, my friends, coworkers, my faith. And I believe that some of you live here today. Some of you below the surface that looks like good soil. There's some major rocks under there. And you are making decisions out of your woundedness. You're making decisions out of your anger. You're letting those things inform your, your life decisions. And maybe today, you need to know there's some hope left. See, I thought it was okay because I still had a little bit of soil. I still had a little bit of soil in all these rocks. And I, I began to compartmentalize my faith to such a degree. I had this little bit of soil and I thought, well, I'll go to church in this. And, and I'll read the Bible even if I think about it and then I'll pray in this that's my spiritual life my spiritual life was completely compartmentalized and I would still have moments of inspiration I'd hear a sermon or a podcast and but it never led anywhere because my my roots could not penetrate the rocks that I had under there and finally after many years of living this way I did something that was just terrifying, terrifying. I opened up about it. I brought those rocks to the future, to the future. <laughs> I, bought, I brought the rocks to the light. And you know what happens? That's where they die. I brought them up. I talked to God about them. I, I talked to people about them. And, and I began to see that they have power over me when they're in me. I was as sick as my secrets, but when I took those secrets out, they, they lost those fangs and those claws on me. If you're here today and below the surface of your faith, below the facade of your happy life, if you have these hard places of distrust or control or pride or woundedness, you don't have to live like this. I want you to know you, you weren't meant to live like this. David, in, in Psalm 51, he cries out, he pleads, pleads, God, give me a clean heart. He says, restore to me the joy that I felt when I first was saved. You ever prayed that? I used to, be, I used to love God so much. I used to have so, so much passion. But now, now I, I don't. David pled, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Take these rocks from me. Give me a clean heart. And what rocks do, what these stones do in these shallow faith is they, they separate and they divide our lives. And you, you compartmentalize your faith and you have your, your pride over here and your woundedness here. And that's why David pled with God in Psalms later on. He said, give me an undivided heart. Don't let me compartmentalize my faith anymore. Clean my heart. And for many of us today, that would be our prayer that perhaps what we need this morning is to bring these hard places up 
And some of them are so old and it's so hard to bring it up. It's just terrifying, isn't it? But in the light of day, they lose their power. It's time to bring these things up, these rocks up, and let God's spirit do some deep work within us. And it's time maybe to stop just having good intentions in this room and actually doing something about it. I would encourage you to be bold, to make bold decisions. You're going to see how important your soil is. It's vital to your faith. I would encourage you to make bold decisions about your soil, to go all in on removing the stones and the rocks in those hard places. Like I said, find a counselor. Find, find someone you can talk to, your growth group leader, a friend, but bring these things to the light. The third type of soil is just as common as the rocky, and that's the thorny soil. And in Luke 8, 14, we read this. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, as they go about their life, as they get busy, the seed is choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Wow. See, the thorny soil grows things really well. It's just growing the wrong things. In the thorny soil, God doesn't get your best or your first. He gets what's left over. Oh, we might attend church. We might might even serve. But I love myself and my own kingdom first before his. I love God. I just love myself more. And I love my pleasures. And I love the things in my life. Or I'm consumed with worry. Even if it's worry, God isn't first in our heart. Worry's first in our heart. Let's say today that a good seed goes out from this sermon and it hits somebody with a thorny soil and it lands there and it takes root. Oh, and you're struck by it. That's, I need to do this. That's great. But by the time the thorny soil hits the parking lot, it's already thinking of what's next. Where's lunch? What's this? What about the game? Then by, by tonight, then we're worried about work. Then worry comes in. And by Monday, we're consumed with, with all that we have to do. Then the thorns of busyness just wrap around us. And those thorns of busyness choke out the seed. And then finally, then we have that financial thorn that just looms over us and chokes it. Or, or the failing relationship thorn that wraps around the roots and it's done. We can leave a place with the word of God taking root within us But if we're not conscious of the weeds and the thorns, we lose it like that. And I'll be worried about something else in an hour and forget all about this. God may not be so. If that's you, then just realize, I might have some thorns. I might need to do some de-weeding. When I moved to Georgia, I discovered they had this plant called kudzu. Anybody ever been to Georgia and found kudzu? Yeah, kudzu is amazing. Kudzu was brought over here from the Far East, and it's a weedy vine that can cover an entire field in the summer. We have a picture of it. It's overtaken. There's a house there in the middle. It climbs up the trees. It wraps around them. And on a summer southern Georgia day, you can sit out there with some sweet tea, and I mean sweet tea, and you can watch in the 200-degree heat and the 200% humidity, you can watch the kudzu grow in front of your eyes. It is so wild. It overtakes everything. It'll overtake an entire forest, and that's all you will see is kudzu. There used to be something beautiful there. Someone used to live there. There was a forest and a playground, but now weeds, kudzu. This makes me think of anxiety. Anxiety is like kudzu. Give it an inch and it will cover your entire world. Your home, 
everything. How does a good seed grow when anxiety has moved in to that extent? Can you imagine if that is anxiety and that's your life and you hear a good word from God about something and you go try to plant it? Where, where do you plant it and what does it do? How does a good seed grow and worry about the future or worry about other people? Take all the nutrients. How does a good seed grow in searching for life's pleasures or looking for the next recreational fix? Takes all the energy. And I just wanted, we can, if we could admit it, this soil is so many of us. We all have thorns. It doesn't have to look like that. It can look like just a couple. We all have a thorn. In fact, we're all dealing with thorns of some sort. And, if, and, and thorns take intentional, intentional decision-making. You gotta pull up the weed. You have to take the thought captive. You have to stop entertaining the worry. You have to, you have to get rid of some of the things. You have to cut some things out. It takes effort to de-weed and de-thorn your life. Orchard, we all have thorns. It's important to know which ones we have so we know what to do with them. Spiritual, gro- spiritual growth is a choice. Hard-packed soil won't plow itself. Rocky soil won't unearth itself. Weeds don't get pulled by themselves. There's good soil in there, but for many of us, it's time to realize the importance of our heart and tend to our garden. And let me re- remind us Why? Our heart is the soil where God's word will take root and grow within us. And it says it grows a hundred times. One seed of God's word can grow, can grow a hundred times, a hundredfold in your heart. This is why it says in Proverbs 3.23, we've read this before, above all else, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows out of it. If I have a shallow, rocky heart, how I parent my kids, how I treat my coworkers, how I respond in tragedy, how I combat anxiety, will all flow from a shallow heart. If I have a a heart that's full of thorns, how I think, how I feel, how I engage my spouse and my friends, how I fight temptation, how I combat uh, depression, all of that flows out of a thorny heart soil it impacts everything i hope you see how vital this parable is it's time we pause and look at the soil of our heart and ask ourselves father spirit what what do you want from me what would you have me do and to take it seriously this is vital i want to tell you a deep truth that i have found in my own life whenever i am confronted with truth as i hope you are today Whenever I'm confronted by truth, I have two choices. I can adjust or I can justify. When confronted by truth, you can either adjust or you can justify. And many people, we choose the easy path of justifying. That's just the way I am. I tried before and I just failed. I actually kind of like my secret sins. Changing would require me to be honest and there's no way I'm telling anybody about this. I can never change. Or, when confronted by truth, we can choose to adjust. See the, see the importance of this parable, the importance of the soil of our heart, and say, you know what? I can see in my life that I have thorns of anxiety that have just taken over everything. Actually, I am making decisions based on my anxiety. I am now making life decisions based on my thorns, not based on God's word. That's a dashboard light. 
I would, I would pursue wholeness. I would pursue health if that's you. Maybe yours is, I have a hidden habitual sin that's destroying my life. I have these rocks below the surface that no one knows about. And it's starting to take over my heart and occupy my mind. I need help. For some, my thorn of pride, it keeps me from stepping out spiritually at all. I'm just too afraid of what others may think. I know there's some things that God wants me to do, but I cannot do them because I am just owned by this stone of pride. I need to make bold decisions. I need to call my counselor or my sponsor or a parent or my growth group leader or schedule a meeting with Pastor Doug, but I I cannot go through life like this. And I hope that we see it is time to adjust or justify. Which soil are we? Which soil are you? God is looking for people who are willing to throw away their pride and their fear and dive into the hard work of tending their heart. Because a good heart with good soil can grow a spiritual fruit for the entire valley, for your family, for your friends at work. When it gets planted in good soil, God grows love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruits of the Spirit Listen, a good heart with good soil grows hope when times are dark. A good heart with good soil when God's word reaches in there brings peace when relationships are falling apart. Good soil when God's word goes in there brings joy amidst amidst the tragedy. It gives us a buoyancy in life that no matter what storms come, he is with us. The condition of our heart is so important. So Orchard, what soil are you? What does your heart need most this morning? Some of us have the hidden habitual sin we need to get honest about. Some of us have a thorny crop of anxiety we need to, we know we do, but we need to make some bold decisions to stop that. Our heart's soil is so vital. Some of us have bitterness rocks of bitterness because we have been wounded in the past and listen people might have done terrible things to you but the bitterness you have towards them it's not hurting them anymore it's hurting you and so maybe we need to dig up the unforgiveness lay it before God and work to forgive them it's time to make bold decisions because the soul of our heart is very important so what I want to do today and I know this is going to be a struggle for some of us will you stand with me Stand up, and I just want to have you pray after me. Put your hand over your heart. That's where your soil is. You know your heart. God knows your heart. You know what you need, and his spirit knows what you need. But pray after me. Heavenly Father, my heart is yours. I'm a hard-packed heart. Soften my heart, please. I have wounds that keep my faith shallow. Please heal me. I have rocks of hidden sin. Give me courage to bring them to light. I have thorns of anxiety. Give me the boldness to uproot them. God Almighty, give me a clean heart. Give me an undivided heart. Spirit of God, my heart is yours fill me. As we go into communion, I want to remind you that there are people up front who would like to pray with you about this topic 
or about anything that you would have going on in your life. And when we go to communion, if you're new here, I want to let you know that this is the symbol of Jesus' sacrifice, his, his body and blood. But there's no test or no class you need to go through to take communion here. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And if you'd like to remember him in communion, please come do so. And as you sit in your chair with the, the symbol of his blood and his body, and you thank him for all that he's done, I would use that opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit, what soil am I? What bold decisions do you want me to make as I leave here to begin to tend my heart? Amen? Amen.